Uh, we are now recording. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 176 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the Game Dev Comedy Podcast, the Butterscotch Shenanigans. I'm Seth and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam and I'm the worker of nets. I'm Sam and I'm the artiste. And this is a show where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry. Today is Dark Vember V. 2018. It's dark. We just got saved by daylight. Yep. Yes. Uh, so I don't know what that means. We got an extra hour of it. Yeah. Floating around. Yeah. Also, before we get started, we have a warning. Anything could happen on this show. There's going to be profanity. If you are a child, then you can just get out of here. The whole daylight saving savings thing reminds me of those little clippets you see from newspapers and stuff where somebody writes in and they're like, it just makes me so angry that the government just like at just just changes when the sun comes up or just, there's like these kind of there's like weird things that people think is what happens with daylight savings time. <laughs> Why really, do they uh, do that every year? Remarkable. The government is very powerful. It is. Yeah. It's a very, it's like the, it's a very mysterious force. It's like, like we don't know, we don't you know. know what they're up to, you know, but it is nice of them to pull the sun across the sky in a chariot every yeah. day. Yep. Super nice. It yeah. just sucks that they decide to, you know, change their schedule. Yeah. That chariot you driver, know? you get tired after doing it, you know, 180 days. That's just long it takes, one of wow. the many jobs that's going to be lost to automation. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> you got to change it up. Yeah. There was the whole thing with uh, with sort of all of conspiracy theory with government related mm-hmm. stuff where somehow governments are really good. Really good. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. un- unbelievably secure. Yeah. And everything else that we actually see is just this like facade of incompetence. Yeah. All of the, the millions. Of the real incompetence <laughs> that it is. Yeah. All the millions of government employees who you see like oh, we're at the DMV or just mm-hmm. anywhere, mm-hmm. you know, they're just regular people doing their jobs. Or are they? Mm-hmm. Are they puppets they're of the all government? In, they're all in on it. Yeah. Throwing up a smoke cloud. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, also, before we get into the the news, we want to thank our recurring supporters over at moneygrab.bscotch.net. That's where we uh, grab your money. So mm-hmm. if you'd like to support the podcast, help us, go there. help us keep our mics on. Get over there, and then we'll grab your money. Uh, all right. Our mics are actually coin-operated. 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 <laughs> you just feed like a corn pellet in there. And it's sort of a or, or a whole a whole cob. What about how horrifying that would be if there was just like a mouth on the back of it, yeah, and you, you had to shove a cob into it? <laughs> Before you started. Actually, a lot – there's a lot of truth in that. Yeah. You know, that that corn a lot likes. of things in this region of the world are corn-operated. Yep. Um, mm. Back in Iowa, <laughs> you, everything is corn-operated. Everything is corn-operated, even your car, you know, mm-hmm. because they make ethanol and mix it in with the That's gas. That's true. And then almost everything you eat is corn, is corn syrup. There's corn syrup. We, yeah. like, we are a corn-operated species. Society. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. So that's why it's uh, so cheap to live here in the Midwest. It's because of all these yep. corn-operated things. Mm-hmm. So Just growing out of the ground. All right. Studio News Crashlands. It is coming to the Switch. Tomorrow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we do, have, we do have pre-purchases up already, uh, and we have sent out a newsletter as of a couple days ago. Uh, in podcast time tomorrow uh from the wednesday that this podcast is coming out thursday and uh we're very excited i think it's gonna be weird i got this really nervous i don't know if you guys have gotten any of the nervous feels yet but uh yesterday i was just sitting at home and suddenly i was like what if everybody hates it and then i was like we've already released (laughs) yeah (laughs) i'm actually at this point i'm not worried about it at all it just it just is what it is I, i i don't I don't suspect it's going to do super well. I don't suspect it's going to do super terribly. I'm just, I just, it's going to do whatever it does, and uh, and whatever it does, it's going to do. Also, what is the value of pre-ordering on the Switch? Does it does it preload it also, or is it just? uh, 
I don't actually know. I think, yeah, this is something I was interested in because we are we have it up for pre-order. Mm-hmm. Uh, they call pre- it a pre-purchase. Pre-purchase. Which is smart on their part yeah. because right. everyone hates the word pre-order. Right. But, yeah, right. but okay, so first question, pre-purchase – it's just a purchase. Yeah, you're just yeah. buying it. It's just a purchase. Yep. You're not pre-purchasing it. You're just purchasing you're just regular it. purchasing. Yeah, but it sounds better than saying like, purchase it, but wait. Yes. Right? <laughs> like, a wait purchase. You bought it, but you don't have it yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and then there's no discount and nope. you don't get like a special box. Yep. Not to discourage people from <laughs> well, pre-ordering. Fact, we would love you to because maybe Nintendo cares if those numbers are high and then maybe they'll give us some extra love. No, like, maybe they won't. Yeah, we, we don't, don't know, know anything about this. Nope. Um, you know, We're some studios through. Yeah, some studios they'll do things like, oh, here's our game. If you pre-order it, then you get like this weird gun right. or something. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is also weird because you don't have the game yet, so you don't really know whether that's good. Right. What does it mean? You know? You get this double barreled shotgun. Is okay. that good or bad? Yeah, but it is something that not everybody will have, which is always good. That's true. Unless, you know, to have is. more than your fellow human. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hard to, I don't know, but go ahead and pre order it uh, if that's. <laughs> well, it'll be out by the time. Otherwise, so. you can just regular buy it. Actually, yeah. So when you hear this on Wednesday, pre order it for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Just for fun. Just see what that's like. Just, yeah. Just, maybe tell also, us, why did you do that? Why yeah. did you do that? <laughs> but I know from my own experience, buying things on, buying Nintendo products uh-huh. through their e services of various sorts is it's a pain in the ass and takes a long time. It takes them a long so time to load. You, yeah. So why don't you just get that out of the way? That's actually true. Yeah. I would do it. Yeah. Nintendo, yeah. work on that. Yeah. That we can yeah. minimize the time from it coming out to you getting to play it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're really excited. I'm, I'm curious to see what people think. Mainly of the co-op, actually, because I think it's, we played on the Switch here in the office, and it's fun. It's super fun, actually, to sit down That's on a couch true, with, yeah. with the Joy-Cons. And the fact that you could just break the controller in half. I always say that. I know Nintendo says it's supposed to be like each one is a Joy-Con. Each half is a Joy-Con. Yes. You, so when you're playing with them both, you're playing with dual Joy-Cons. Right. Yeah. Um, but I always just think of it as being broken in half, like it's half a controller. But it is. I mean, it is. It's for how it you feels. have a lot fewer buttons. Yeah. So, yeah. but we actually did get that. The whole thing works with just uh, a full Joy-Con, a dual Joy-Con, a dual Joy-Con <laughs> broken in half. No, nope, it's, it's not a, broken in uh, half. A dual it's Joy-Con. Just, it's just separated into single Joy-Cons. Okay. Yeah. So with two <laughs> single Joy-Cons, twins that have been surgically sealed. Even though one is half of two, when you break. The the dual Joy-Con they each apart, become one. They don't become they don't become halves of two, which is one. They become singles. It's one of those uh, greater than the sum of its parts situation, right? So yeah, so you, if you break it in half, you still have one of each. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. when you put it together, you still have one. It's like the whole. You're not breaking energy. it in half. Yeah. You're breaking it into one. There yeah. you go. So yeah, when you break it into one, it's like a Kit Kat. So when you break it into ones, then uh, then we did make it so that you can each person can play on. One of those tiny Joy Cons, you know, but that not whole, half a Joy Con. That whole yeah. "Give me a break, uh, Kit Kat" thing, where the people are just like trying to get it, get a mm-hmm. piece of that. That would also work as a commercial for the Switch. It would be awesome. Where someone's just playing the game, somebody else. Hey, break me like, a piece yeah, of that Joy Con. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> How come Kit Kat has not teamed up with Nintendo on something? Yeah. All right, oh my so, God. so like Xbox has Doritos and Mountain Dew. Right? Kit Kat's Nintendo. Let's Kit go. Kat's and Nintendo. Plus, their their package is already reddish. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. They're come on, and and you like you buy the Kit. Canon has the two in there. Mm-hmm. Please, please, <laughs> please. Nintendo, you could just you could just go and wire us 
any uh, consultancy fee mm-hmm. for that one. Mm-hmm. Just yep. send it on over. We'll happily take it. Yep. Uh, let's talk about Adam's pie hole. Yeah. Let's do it. I got to talk about pie holes. Let's. I, so well, the I'm first gonna, time I heard this term, I was I'm gonna, very upset. Uh, the, the first time <laughs> I ever heard we, this term was when somebody told me to shut my pie hole, which is probably our dad. That was probably true. And also which is your mouth. Which is your mouth. Because that's where pie goes in. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm going I'm to walk this back a little bit. Okay. Uh, which is we've had internet, we've had Wi-Fi at our house. It's been like really spotty and hard to get at. So it's been driving me crazy for a long time. I haven't been able to fix it. And it's been a problem. So uh, it's, is it cause what? Well, so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to co I'm going to coalesce all of these. All things. Right. Take me on a journey. Let's go. So then also unrelated, I've oh. been getting tired of how much time I've been wasting on things like Reddit and stuff. Cause mm-hmm. I got kind of caught in that trap again. Mm-hmm. And yep, it happens. Seth was like, Oh, I just blocked this to the router level. And I said, that was pretty cool. So, you know, so I dug into, that, but while I was looking, I also asked, what are some other good things I can just block at the router level while I'm at it? Which allowed me to stumble across the pie hole. Pie hole. So it's pie for Raspberry Pi, which is a little little so computing PI. device. PI, uh, which is a little computing device. Uh, sort of like an Arduino, if you've heard of that. Uh, but it's more powerful and you can run Linux on it's it. It's just so. a tiny computer. It's just a tiny computer. Yeah. Um, and so somebody came up with a thing where they basically load up uh, this huge number of website blacklists. Uh, that then live on this thing and then you plug this thing into your router and the router starts to use that instead of itself as the thing that look, goes out and starts looking for websites, right? So now when you submit a request from your computer, it goes through the pie hole first and the mm. pie hole blocks everything that is on this blacklist. That blacklist has 127,000 uh, different ads and tracking services. In it. Oh, okay. And uh, so, okay. So, so, so you basically created one of those punji pits full of spikes right. in it for ads that ads yeah. will fall into when they're so, trying to get so it. So I was reading about this thing last week and then on Friday, my wife and I were playing Hollow Knight mm. and I went on to the wiki for Hollow Knight and immediately my phone uh, got, you know, some horrible ad like thing that like, thing. It took it over and bounced me into a new tab that I couldn't go back from and I had to turn off my phone to get rid of it. And so that happened and mm. I said, fuck this, I'm fixing all of my internet problems right now. Mm. So... The first one was, I was like, I'm pretty sure the fact that we have our router underneath our dresser, which is made out of solid wood, is probably not great. That was probably a poor choice of place. So, yeah. so I just, I moved it outside the door and now, now our internet's fast again. So <laughs> you know what would be fucking, that okay, one. you know what would be fucking awesome if, huh. if the way people treated their routers, like people always put it out of the way, you know, but it's because it's about, a hideous box. And mine's got, looks like a spider because it's got six in it. Yeah. Well, that designs cool. them to that's be cool. beautiful. Yeah. Though. So somebody needs to make fucking cool looking routers. I want one that looks like an ornamental vase. Yeah, I want yeah. it. I want the, the router should be like the should be a center piece of oh, yeah. your home. Like you walk in and you see like a, a light coming down. It's on the, the ceiling mantle. and it's yeah. on like a pe- like a, a pedestal, mm-hmm. you know, like an Indiana Jones sort of crystal mm-hmm. jewel thing. Because yep. that like, should be literally in the center for best coverage. Yeah, it yeah. should be in the center of your house and it should be the centerpiece mm-hmm. of your house because this is where all the magic comes from. Is there an orb that hangs from the ceiling so you're so you're not being obstructed? Yeah, like a disco ball. Stuff. Exactly. People mm-hmm. need to make disco ball routers. routers. That'd be awesome. Anyways, carry on. If it's covered in mirrors, though, isn't that bad? Uh, well, that's how the that's how the signals really get bounced out there. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> keeps them, keeps them from getting back in. You only want to download things. Yeah, but it, but it was so it was hilarious. Like we just moved outside the door out from under the dresser, and so we moved it only about two feet, and then all of a sudden my my phone, which had one bar, even just you know. 20 feet away in the office now is like maxed out and we're getting right. maxed download speeds. All so time. wood is, so that was great. Very strong. Yeah. That's uh, a solid dresser. That's a good dresser. It, <laughs> yeah. uh, well, it turns out even like a, an Ikea 
piece of uh, furniture will also nuke your signals. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so I learned that while I was reading out how to make lantern FS. So, so I just moved that out and set up, set up the pie hole and plugged it in. And oh man, my internet experience has just been fucking amazing ever since. Ooh, uh, because essentially, it's, is it speeding everything up? Because you're everything not- is way faster, and also because of, it's just on faster internet. But also, literally. 40% of my web traffic is now being blocked because it turns out – because the Pi-hole also has an admin console that shows you what's happening. Right? So it so turns the, so out the 40% number of-, of all requests that your, that your browser and your internet and so on are making are going to ad companies and to tracking services. Whoa. So, so there's that. But the fun thing about the Pi-hole is because it's at the router level is it also blocks ads in apps – it just mm-hmm. it, like there's there's nothing, nothing that, can get through nothing can get through anymore unless it's going through like some third party VPN or something. But so do you that. also get that thing that pops up when you go to a website yeah, and they're because like, they can't detect it? <laughs> <laughs> How much is this pie hole? It's, Where does it's, one acquire? It's, uh, so a pie hole. I can't remember what the, what, the, what the website is for it. But if you just look up pie hole, pie hole, <laughs> that's like not a thing I want to Google. Like I, it is the top thing that comes up. But pi hole. Just uh, don't pl- click on the images. Now, as a caveat, <laughs> or, if you, or if you put in raspberry pie hole, as a caveat, if you're doing this and you are regularly, you know, frequenting certain sites that do rely on ad revenue, but they have some kind of an option for mm-hmm. you to subscribe or whatever, then do Keep that. Keep in mind. Yep. Yeah. Do that so that you're still, you know, supporting the sites that you want to Frequent. stay alive. Yeah, I basically yeah. got this because normally I don't mind that much. But but there are these because this actually happened to me even on SMBC Comics where mm. I've had one of these Android ads that got served yeah. that just f- took just over my browser. Phone, yeah. and, and one of them started talking to me. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it uh, seems to be more of a problem on phones. Yeah, I don't it, know. It absolutely does. Yeah. So I don't know. There's just there's something that and, and and to me this is a problem. If if your website, if the ad services that you're putting on your website allow for this kind of a thing to come through, I am sure as shit not going to let you throw ads out. Well, and I don't know if you, I don't you're know if endangering you've, my life and device. And I don't know if you've tried to look at news sites at all on your yeah. phone, but they they have their mobile versions where they have those. They make the article like real tall and skinny yeah. and then you got to scroll and then they'll have these ads that they lock your scrolling yep. once they get in there and then you're stuck there for like five seconds and then, yep. then they let you keep scrolling. I actually had this experience recently. I was, uh, I was reading something on my phone or even just on – I think it was on the computer and I realized that I fucking hate scrolling and reading. Yeah. Like it is so not good. <laughs> I hate you, everything you hit about a it. Page button? I actually want to turn the damn page because – because I like you have to do this weird, this weird v- vertical tracking with your eyes instead of just constantly the top yeah, left instead of just like finishing a fucking page and then turning. Yep. And actually, it wouldn't be that hard to make it so if you had a piece of known content that you could have it fix itself to the height of. Could the, you make this ad? Because I mean, I could do it on our website. I'm sure we could Google it too. There might be yeah. a, there's probably a Chrome extension for it already. But but yeah, I was like, I hate this. I actually just. <laughs> do not like this at all. Dude. Reading, reading in this way, just like I don't know. Just pay attention next time it's happening. Be mindful of like how it makes your just your body feel. All right, now you this basically is, have to pause because basically you're like you're reading and then you kind of pause and then and then you watch as you scroll it up. Yes, so you can see where you are and you, you track. Yeah, so you have to yeah. do this weird tracking thing, yeah. which is actually really sort of I don't know. I hate it. I hate the whole thing. All right, now while we're, this is a great segue while we're talking about <laughs> reading things on phones, when you talk about Diablo Immortal. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's go. Uh, so, in- industry news: uh, BlizzCon was this weekend, and there were uh, a few That's big Blizzard's giant yearly convention. Yeah. So, Blizzard is not was Activision Blizzard. Activision Blizzard. Um, but they they still kind of operate sort of uniquely. Like, there's Activision, and they've got Call of Duty and whatever uh, else they have. Destiny, some other things. 
And then Blizzard has the Diablo, StarCraft, uh, Warcraft, and Overwatch, Overwatch uh, Hearthstone franchises and Hearthstone. Um, so BlizzCon is typically where where Blizzard will un- like they they have fans come. Usually about thirty thousand people come. They pay about two hundred bucks per ticket to fly into Anaheim. Anaheim, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is this is sort of like the ultimate fan service event. So like mm-hmm. fly in the fans, they get to meet some of the developers, they get to do live Q and A's, they have panels, they have voice cosplay actors, contests, cosplay contests, concept. and it's basically just like a it's like a series of back and forth love letters between the fans and the developers. Right. And it's you know? a huge thing. There's thirty thousand mm-hmm. attendees or something. Yeah, like that. it's huge. Um, and so this is this is where Blizzard also drops their big news. So last year, one of their big news pieces was that they were. They, I think they unveiled the new expansion for WoW, and then they also announced uh, that they were going to be bringing back old school vanilla uh, classic WoW as well. And of course, people go crazy for these kinds of announcements. And with any of their given franchises, the longer they go without any kind of major news, the more people start to expect like something, something something's big. coming. Yeah. And so, so this time, and and also they they typically close out their opening ceremony with some huge reveal like that's their that's their thing Mm -hmm. so this this year uh let me just go back back in 2012 diablo 3 came out so that was six years ago which when i saw the the date on that i was like shit i didn't realize it was that long yeah Uh, diablo 3 had a had a bad launch because blizzard had put this thing in it called the real money auction house where they basically re-engineered the game's loot system to try to make it extremely random so that the only viable way to progress your character would be to go buy items with real money from other players. Mm-hmm. And then also you would sell items mm-hmm. to other players with real money. And then Blizzard would take a cut. If this sounds insane and dumb. It, it is both it, of those it things. It was. Uh, everybody hated it. Everybody hated it. <laughs> and it. And it completely <laughs> fucked up the game. It was actually Yeah, the, the game's part. design was completely compromised. It was a terrible game, um, just it just across mm-hmm. the board. And they they appointed this this man, Wyatt, Wyatt mm-hmm. Cheng, to fix it. So like he became the lead designer and he was celebrated as like the herald of like bringing back the Diablo franchise mm-hmm. and making it good again, right? And he did like they 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 got an expansion out called Reaper of Souls. They removed the real money auction house. They redid the whole loot system and everything. Got the game back on its feet. But it has now been years since mm-hmm. any uh, updates, any news, or well, in between Diablo two and three was probably twelve fifth, years. Twelve years, yeah, Something yeah. Like Diablo two was like two thousand. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was a long. And they worked on Diablo three for like nine years, right? Yeah. Um. So so Diablo has this history of kind of these long periods of no news you know and we're starting to hit that point where people are like there's got to be something there's got to be something there's got to be a diablo 4 coming and so at the end of their opening ceremony uh wyatt comes out and everybody's like oh Mm -hmm. (laughs) because this is the guy he's the the guy guy who saved diablo Diablo. and he so he he's like his name is synonymous with diablo right and so all the fans are going crazy and they're like it's coming here comes the diablo 4 Mm -hmm. unveiling and all of a sudden, he starts talking about mobile devices, and all of a sudden, the room just goes silent, right? Because Diablo has been a PC franchise mm-hmm. and only recently started coming to uh, consoles. Um, but PC gamers have this this like absolute hatred of mobile games. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, not not because of the gameplay necessarily, but because of the uh, 
monetization models, basically, yeah. right? Um, and so, so he starts talking about you know Diablo bringing together millions of people to slay demons, and now for the first time ever, you will be able to play Diablo at your fingertips. Mm-hmm. And he pauses for applause and nothing, <laughs> absolute <laughs> silence. Yeah, it's brutal to watch. I uh, watched like a replay it. clip of it because I would. You had a you had a ticket. You had an online. I had ticket. a virtual ticket, so, so I was watching real time. Real time. Uh, and then they open up for Q and A, and so so they reveal some <laughs> gameplay footage. They show the trailer. It looks good. Yeah, it they, looks really. They good. show the trailer. Nobody claps. Yeah. They show gameplay footage. Nothing. Total silence. Like everybody in the Creepy. in the audience is kind of like mourning, right? And then they open up for Q and A. And the one of the questions is this, this guy in a red shirt comes up and he's like, I'm just wondering, is this like a, some kind of an out of season April Fool's joke? Yeah. And <laughs> and the devs are trying to like uh, like they're trying to <laughs> they're trying to recover from that. Um, another guy comes up who's clearly pretty distraught, actually, like his voice is kind of shaking. And he's like, is there any like any chance that this will be? like playable on PC or is it like strictly mobile only uh-huh. or uh, and they're like no it's just uh, it's mobile only I saw somebody had, I saw one of the desert a flippant response too which was like you all have phones don't you or something like yeah, that yeah like they were clearly like they were on their back foot they were trying to yeah, figure out what the fuck off. to do <laughs> and then there were these all these pictures of they had set out hundreds of um demo stations with like mobile devices and people were taking pictures no nobody was touching it like it was, they actually had a playable demo. They had playable demo. Yeah, uh, but people were suspicious. So, so then it also over, so over, the initial reaction was bad. Yeah, and then as people found out more about it, the reaction got worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- and various things happened that that accelerated that feeling of people being freaking out that like some some franchise that they love that something bad was about to happen to it. Um, so one was that. It was revealed that um, this game was actually developed by NetEase, not even made by Blizzard. Correct. And so, well, it's interesting because this was a whole because one of the complaints people had was like, "You guys spent time on this instead of like a D4 instead of making Diablo like Four. Yeah. And they're like, "No, no, no, we no, did, we, didn't, we, we didn't, didn't even make it." Yeah. And everybody's like, "What?" <laughs> so that's even worse. That's even it's worse. Like, oh, yeah. Shit. Um, and then yeah. NetEase has as, as a Chinese company, and it's Blizzard's publishing partner in China for all mm-hmm. their other games. But NetEase has a, a really bad reputation among Chinese gamers for absolutely destroying uh, franchises with unbelievable amounts of microtransactions and energy yeah. systems and, and whatever. Um, so people are now like, oh, God, this is about to happen. And then there's also they made some really fundamental changes to the, the concept of the game. So like they, they made it so that it would get down to like a, a 12 rating, a Peggy 12 rating. By removing all the blood, removing all the bones, you know, like it's like this is kind of like it's about murdering demons. But they took away all the demon stuff. They took away all the demon and like all the dark stuff and really kind of like polished that off, you know, Mm. Um, so that they're just trying to. The thing is, like what they're trying to do is just get a bigger audience. It's like Pokemon Go, right? Well, what they're trying to do is they're trying to reach a Chinese audience, right? So like because you can't have those things in the Chinese audience anyway. Right. And so so this game is clearly it's developed by a Chinese company that is really big in China. They did everything to meet the Chinese censorship stuff. Mm. And it's on a platform that is far more popular in China than PC, which is mobile, right? right? So everything about this is like, this is a basically a, a version of Diablo 3. It's, mm-hmm. And it's very much like the same as Diablo 3 in terms of a lot of the character classes and stuff. So like, this is basically Diablo 3 for the Chinese market. Hmm. And and for some reason, Blizzard thought this that is they what- should end their keynote. This is what it. we need to announce to our PC-based American audience instead of- In person. In person. Instead of and people who paid hundreds of dollars to be here. 
instead of any other news about what they really wanted to hear about. Um, and so I think this is, you know, if you think back on games mm-hmm. like Fallout Shelter. Mm-hmm. So uh, back when Bethesda announced Fallout Shelter, they paired that with their first they said like fallout shelter is our new fallout mobile game and it is out right now yeah like you can just have it right now yeah. there was no room for people to, to get upset about it they didn't have like, demo stations they didn't have any yeah. of that shit they just were like you can just have it right well, now people there was no like you couldn't do any fear mongering you couldn't do any like well what if they do this what yeah. if they do that because yeah. you people just can't speculate about how good or bad it is because yeah. uh, they just have it and yep. then on top of that they paired that exact same announcement with the release date of fallout 4 right yep. so because that's what people actually wanted so so, they, so it was very reassuring. It was like, yeah, we're not like – It felt like a gift. It yeah. didn't feel like anything yeah. outside of that. So so this was all Blizzard all, – all the Diablo Oof. fans got. But if you um, imagine it had Bethesda done, done it the way that Blizzard did it, it, all, it, it would have been, been exactly bad. as bad. So people would have been like, you just destroyed the Fallout franchise because now the next the next thing is this. And we have no game. news well, I mean, about what's coming Fallout after. Fallout 76 yeah. is, is kind of doing that to Bethesda. Yeah. Not yeah. nearly, not nearly so much because it's basically it's the same game as they have been doing. It's just not single player anymore. But even that created an enormous amount of vitriol among. Yeah. Its, among and then, fans. and then of course, this has been made worse. Where like over the weekend, various things have happened. Like uh, the the trailer for Diablo Immortal was getting so many dislikes. It was getting hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dislikes. So at a point where it had about a two and a half percent upvote rate, um, <laughs> and randomly. Hundreds of thousands of dislikes kept disappearing from the video. So it would be like up to 350,000. And then all of a sudden, a minute later, it's down to 250,000. And then they would creep back up again. And then another 100,000 dislikes get purged. And the likes aren't getting purged. They just keep going up. Right. Uh, so that's everybody's like, why is that? What is, yeah, what is now happening? It feels like there's funny business going yeah. on. And yeah, then at, this, on this, at the same time, uh, Google, which of course owns YouTube mm-hmm. and, and uh, all that. Um, they they have opened up pre-orders for Diablo or pre pre-registration or whatever because oh, yeah. it's free. It's gonna be free to play, right? On yeah, on yeah. Uh, Google Play, they featured on the front page and they've given it editor's choice, right? So so Google's like, yes, like we are really promoting the hell out of this game, um, giving it front page billing over games that are already available, mm-hmm. you know, and all that. And so people are speculating now, like if there's some kind of uh, cooperation happening between some these two companies to try to like keep the public image of the game up, it's probably more likely that. Uh, so well, we know from working with Google that none of the teams talk to each other. Right. What they're yeah. doing. So it's probably, <laughs> so it's probably more likely that some people were trying to rig the voting, the down voting of this video. Mm-hmm. And then this, yeah, this is exactly the scenario in which a bunch of people with, with bot farms yeah yes. and like down votes yes video. Uh, right, so that's as far as that purge goes those are not real votes anyway yeah yeah um, so. so that's you know <laughs> but but the this is this is one of the scenarios where silence is not your friend like if you are yeah on the yeah the, right. the space gets filled filled with conspiracy with and vitriol, yeah. Yeah. so so then uh people have been asking interviews about like well what's the monetization model going to be of diablo immortal and, and, all, they, and Blizzard, all they had to say is like trust us all, you know, all they had to say was well we haven't really decided yet it's like yeah. really like you've already got pre-registrations up yeah, you, you know decided you yeah know. what you've decided yeah. is that you're right in the middle of a big controversy and you and don't want to add worse, fuel to the fire which means it's bad it's bad right <laughs> so what does so, it mean this or that it's bad it might just be that it is Microtransactions. It's going to be what people don't. Well, I mean, it has to be yeah. because it's free. It's it's because they already said it's free to play. Yeah, which means it has to. Be and and also, especially since this is is geared toward the Chinese audience, mm-hmm. then that means like the the pay up front games are are on mobile are even less accepted in yeah. China than they are in the U.S. 
Um, so basically this, this culminated in this, this perfect storm this weekend of just an absolute PR shit show. It's so interesting though, because the I likes think, of which we haven't seen in a long time. <laughs> because the, I think, I think the, the whole point though is that, so if we just look at the game objectively, cause I can watch the, the video for it. Gameplay looks solid. It looks fucking awesome. Yeah. And as far as like what the mobile market has to compete already with something like this, there's actually, there's, there's been quite a few like Diablo-esque. There's things. a lot of Diablo clones. Yeah. Um, then with the branding power, but probably. Yeah, certainly not with the branding power. And then, you know, ideally, hopefully Blizzard's got better design chops than those ones do. Who yeah. knows at this point? Um, well, but again, it's not necessarily clear whether they even designed it. Right. So, right. so, so I think, but. The, and they won't say. But the basic so. point though is like, if you just told, if you just said uh, like, okay, yeah, Diablo came out on the Switch and like the surprise is like in two weeks, you'll also be able to get a sort of a light version on your phone and you can play it whenever you want. Um as sort of just like a casual thing, like you said, as yep. the framing is like this extra bonus. Here's yeah, here's a here's just a bonus yeah. It, I guess yeah. yeah, if they if they had just called it like Diablo, you know, Pocket Edition or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and it was clearly meant to be like a supplement right. to Diablo Three or something like that, but but billing it as like the next big thing in the franchise. Yeah, I think that's actually where the problem comes in, right? Yeah, because, it's a framing problem. Yeah, because if you just if you just said like, hey, you know, there's this really fun thing we've always wanted to do, and so we just like we gave it a shot. Here's sort of what we got. Um, it's coming. It'll be but available yeah, for like free. They, they closed their keynote with it. Yeah. And, uh, it's like an audience misread, right? Like a really severe audience misread. Like those people are not there to hear about anything. Well, I think I just to me, it's so funny because a, a lot of people are involved in making this decision about what goes into this kind of mm-hmm. convention, how the announcement is going to work and all this kind of stuff. But including a huge amount of of uh, of design as well as marketing and high level effort went into making this thing in the first place yeah. and figuring out like who it was for and whatever. It is amazing to me that somehow nobody involved in that realized just how problematic it was going to be. Well, this, this is correctly. Cause yeah. I think like, this is the thing about how Bethesda did it. Cause I remember when they, when they did it the way they did it, I was, I looked yeah, back we on like, it and I was, so like, I was like, Oh, that was the only way they could have pulled yes. this off. Yes. And, <laughs> and, and, you know, and, Blizzard now actually had that as a reference too. Like here's some of the yeah. literally what we're doing, right? Which is they take a beloved it. PC yeah. franchise and and then make a mobile version um, of that thing. Mm-hmm. And well, actually, and even worse in Bethesda's case, it wasn't even a mobile version of Fallout. It was literally like a mobile esque. It was just a, it was just like a different an game. idle yeah. game. Yeah. Well, I think, but I think, I think it actually helps. Yeah, because yeah. if yeah. you look at the, I think this is part of the problem because it didn't feel like it was a substitute. It felt like it yeah. was just, just a different thing. Yeah. So because it just the thing is that that Diablo Immortals game it looks like Diablo three. It is. I mean, like it's got it has all the, the same stuff classes right. and stuff. Well, not yeah. only that, but like the graphics are basically the same somehow on those phones. Like they look yeah. very polished yeah. and nice. Yeah, but yeah. So now, now it's basically like Diablo three um, on mobile, which could be awesome. Except now that you have to, now you have microtransactions. Yeah. Right, bring, so, bringing back that real money auction house. Yeah, so now it's just, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so that was just uh, just probably interesting. Probably no good. Yeah. So this, you know, my my take on it is, I don't think Blizzard will put out a game that plays badly. Yeah, I, I, I think for all intents and purposes, you know, Diablo three, even when it when its systems were bad in terms of character progression with the real money auction house, the gameplay was still good. Like mm-hmm. it still played well. Um, and so I, I feel the same way. It's probably gonna be the case that. That Diablo Immortal is going to play great and it's going to have great gameplay. Um, but as far as the monetization goes, I mean, but this is the funny thing. There's just no like, way. Uh, but no, here's the thing: is that I don't think it matters because the reality is that, like we're talking about the audience misread. While it's true that that audience that was present was not the audience for that game. Yeah, well, no, there's yeah, a it's going to be a wildly successful. Yeah, there's a yeah. huge audience yeah. for exactly. But this, that, but this right? is the this is the real kick in the teeth is mm-hmm. them saying like, here's this new Diablo game and it's not for you. Yeah. 
Like it's yeah, not like right. it's not for you not you, you people, the people right. who paid hundreds of dollars to come here and who have been supporters of the franchise for 20 years, the next game in the franchise isn't for you. Right. Right. Um, and that's kind of the that's where like the mm. real raw sort of wound is coming in where people are just feeling like they've been betrayed. Right. You know. Yeah. Well, yeah, and you mix that with the with the intense entitlement that people have just in any, in any well in any creative endeavor with sure. really because you see this too with people uh people believe that there's like there's like a moral imperative that authors finish book series and like this kind of stuff mm-hmm. and that and that they're actually somehow ethically in the wrong if they I don't, still right? feel that about Patrick Rothfuss and the King's King I mean I, I wish he <laughs> finish would the damn book. I wish he would finish it but I also like he's just a person you know if he doesn't it's fine it's a bummer right but it, but it's this whole idea of like <laughs> if somebody else has to do what you want you yeah. know uh, this sort of entitlement that comes around with creative goods. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I don't, in honestly, the I, scene, it's really. I feel intense. like entitlement is not the word that I would use because uh, I, I think when somebody becomes a really huge fan of something, they feel like they have an understanding and a relationship with the creator, right? So, like, because mm-hmm. they they've spent decades of their lives, thousands of hours, thousands of dollars. Um, Supporting this franchise, being active in communities, you know, and and basically like just generally generally allowing it to live by their excitement, you know, and so uh, so I, I feel like it's not necessarily an entitlement, but more of like a feeling like there should be a continuing reciprocation of the enthusiasm for mm-hmm. the for the the franchise or the the product or whatever it is, because um, to to me entitlement implies that that they didn't do anything. No, it's, to earn, entitlement, to like, to entitlement is a sense of that somebody just owes you something. Yeah, it's right? over. It's like over earning essentially. It's like yeah, you didn't. You're getting more. Yeah, but in this case, more than you really. Should, but in this case, right? what you're seeing is is not. Uh, and the the framing that I heard a lot of people saying was like nothing would have been better than this. Like I would have rather not have had a Diablo announcement. Yeah, and this yeah. this is the point. Is like yeah. they don't. It's not that they feel like they're owed something. It's that they feel like if Blizzard is going to do a bunch of work on Diablo then why are they doing it for a whole bunch of other people who haven't been there as part of the community for so long, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that's kind well, of I think, the, but this is interesting too. Cause like think about Pokemon and Pokemon go. Yeah. Right. Because the framing again, there was like, Oh no, you can go run around and catch these things out in the real world. It's a different experience, which I think is like, a totally again, different part thing. of the key yeah. to the whole thing. Um, it's but free to no play. One, it's got microtransactions. Those things like no one who picked up Pokemon go was like enraged that this wasn't a Pokemon RPG at the same time. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they, they weren't like, why isn't this? Cause it was just a cool fucking thing that you couldn't do on the classic devices. Right. Yeah. So again, I think, I think a big part of the problem is just, it's just the optics and the fact that the design is the same. It's yes. just, yeah. It, when you're doing what essentially feels like a mobile port of the thing yep. that, and, and from what I've seen from the design, it looks like it's pared down quite a bit as well. Um, which of course makes perfect sense if you're designing for mobile. Uh, but I think, I think the, the lack of like a shift in, in what the game is to try to make it like a cool thing that you could do on your phone that you could not do in another realm. They gave it a reason to be on a phone. Yeah. It makes it feel like, because you're coming from this powerhouse. And it has like GPS mechanisms built in. And you're coming from this powerhouse IP. And it's like, I think, I think it's kind of dangerous to get that close. You're getting that close to the heart. You're basically just making, yeah. Cause when you make a light product, you're, you're making a worse product, right? That's what that means. So So they're basically cut a bunch of features, make a light version and then, make you have to spend a bunch of money in it to like yeah. progress yeah. I mean, even i mean fallout shelter even is available on uh on like everything is on steam now too yeah it's on steam it's been yeah. on steam for quite a while yeah um, and i'm pretty it's sure it's on first, xbox right? it's mobile first yeah. yeah um but they eventually brought it to everything mm-hmm. i know like even and because my wife really liked the the fallout shelter so she played it a lot when it came out 
And so every once in a while, I should just go pick it up on Steam while she's doing right. stuff, you know, because you can just kind of mindlessly do it while you're mindlessly doing something. <laughs> um, just so, mix it in with your mindless soup. Yeah. You know, but it's, uh, I think about how amusing it would have been if they announced something more akin to like, oh, in this particular context, you play as like Deckard Kane dealing with all these adventurers. <laughs> and like, <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, you got to like send them off on quests. It's or like even, or even like a, uh, like a top down uh, mobile strategy game where like you are trying to deploy armies of demons out, you mm-hmm. know, and like yep, heroes yeah. keep trying to, to stop you, uh-huh. right? Uh, you know, maybe flip the script or just do something totally different. But yeah, yeah so I also want to talk about the classic WoW demo, but uh, we're already – too far in, and I want to get the questions as well. <laughs> and Sam has a spooky story, so let's talk about this next week. Okay, so. so spooky story time. So this is uh, this is from a friend of mine. We were getting soup and beer yesterday, which is a, a combo. But uh, we were telling some spooky stories, and he said he didn't have any, and then he thought for a bit, and he said, okay, so here's, here's the one I got. He said one night he was uh, – or one morning, he's sort of like slowly waking up, and he like swears he felt someone like sort of embracing him. Like around, like it was almost like his mom sort of like grabbing him, like reaching around the side, right? Hmm. And sort of uh, uh, holding him. And so he starts like slowly waking up and then realizes that no one is there and then sort of uh, bolts upright because he can feel something touching one of his hand, his arm. And so he bolts upright. And as he bolts upright, this like hand shaped creature starts like racing toward him over the sheets. And he's like, oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. And then it turns out his hand had just fallen asleep. <laughs> and, and so it was it was resting on his other arm. And so he couldn't feel it yeah, yeah. touching his other arm. So it just felt like someone grabbing. And then when he ran away, it chased him, of course, because it attached <laughs> his fucking body. And so it just freaked him out. It was one of the funniest, like, scary stories quote, unquote, I've heard a long time. So I hate waking up with the dead arm. Oh. It's, it's just like you're just shaking it. And it's just, but it's kind of awesome because it's very, it's a novel thing. It is, but it, yeah. every, every time it happens, <laughs> even though I know it's going to be it's fine, freaky. I'm always like, what if my arm is just like this now? Yeah. You know, every time it happens, it's paralyzed and it can't feel anything. Mm-hmm. You ever see that video of that kid coming home from the dentist and he's like, is yes. it going to be like this forever? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly. that feeling. Yeah. 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 Thanks, Danny, for the good story. It's a good one. Yes. All right. Well, let's get on to some questions. These questions come from our listeners over at podcast.bscotch.net. So if you'd like to get a question on a future episode, get over there, put your question into the text box, and then uh, push whatever button it is that puts your question in there. It's probably submit. Submit. I would bet. First question comes from Angry Muffin. Adam. What? What will happen with question asking when you migrate the podcast uh, over to Rumpus? Will you announce question askers as Rumpnup Dapper Lamp? Which oh, is yeah. like a rumpus name because we have the <laughs> random think, name. Uh, or will we have a way on the podcast page to have a nickname? That was uh, the plan, yeah. Yeah, on yeah. top of our yeah, – Yeah, my my current – but because I'm not actively doing it, then you know things will change as, as we go. But my, my current solution to that is to allow you to enter a name in there, um, how you – basically how you want to be referenced on the podcast, uh, which I will then also just save locally in your browser so that you don't have to put it in every mm-hmm. damn time, you know. Um, but that's that's the current plan because cool. I know it is – it is one of those interesting things because that random name generator had everybody already had those like in our discord, for example, if everybody came into our discord, the, you know, the, the 300 people who are online right now or whatever, uh, with those names, then I could have, I could have learned the relationship between what people said and who they are with those names. Right. In the same way I did with the effectively random names that they already do have. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when people, cause a few people in the, in the chat changed their names or, or did temporarily or, you know, appended it, uh, their, their rumpus mm-hmm. name. And I was like, I cannot, I could not, keep track of who the person used to be, you know, because yeah. <laughs> uh, I had that attachment. And I think it was kind of funny because it, it feels like it's because of the random name generator. 
when it's actually no, it's be, everybody already has a random name. That's just yeah. that's just yeah. how the world is. You just know it. You just know it. <laughs> now it's different. Yeah, now it's different. Uh, but yeah, so I think I think that's part of, that's that's a part of the problem. But also in a context like this, I think people like to be able to uh, sort of sign yeah, their name personal, to it as, as a real person. Yeah, as a, as a person, uh, whether that's a real name or whether that's some other handle they go by. Mm. Um, but I think uh, I think this is one of those places where the random assigned name doesn't actually fit. Correct. So you'll still use it on the thing. That's still how it'll show up to other users and stuff, but you'll be able to sign it with some name. Yeah. Yes. So there you go. Cool. We'll give you a random name, but you don't have to use it for the podcast. Cause yeah. yeah. The idea of the random name is that anywhere where we just need a username for some reason, now you got one and we didn't have to screen it. And then other places where for some reason, where we're useful, already screening like the podcast, exactly mm-hmm. where it might be useful to have something else, then we'll, we'll allow other things. So if you type in some kind of horrible name and submit a podcast question, there's a pretty good chance that we're not going to read that <laughs> on the yeah, air. Yeah. And, then we'll, and then we'll delete it. And then we might also mute you from other social services. And then we'll delete you. Yep. Yeah, potentially. All right. Next question comes from <laughs> I am Cade. Are there unwritten rules you as brothers have that may be silly to outsiders? Mm. Outsiders meaning people every, who are everybody, everybody else. else. Yeah. Just everybody else in the world. Unwritten rules. I think there's there are some interesting ones when it comes to uh, design discussion things, which I think we've had a few times because every so often someone crosses it where frequently the requirement is that you essentially entertain whatever the idea is, at least briefly, that someone yeah. suggests. So this is this is one of the rules, essentially, which is even if it's the what you believe is the dumbest thing you've ever heard in your life. Just see it through. Just see it through for like 15 seconds, like 15, 20, like just let it. See if there's anything good. See if there's anything there. Ask a question, response, or like just add on to it or, you know, like do something with it. Don't just shut it down. Um, and I think there's been a few discussions we've had where where someone was like trying to – genuinely like trying to start get down a path or something like that um, and then was met with this like, no, like, we're, like whatever. And then the response usually is like, you don't understand what I'm asking. Like I'm not asking you to judge this right now. Yeah. You we're just to, we're here to come play. on the journey with me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I do think there is definitely that. And yes. and I think that's a good that's a good unwritten rule. Well, I, I, yeah, but it wouldn't necessarily seem weird to outsiders. I think it is though, because it, so. usually in like a design context, there's someone, or I mean, frankly, any discussion context, there's someone who is like you know smacking down ideas or whatever else pretty like often or all the time. Yeah, well, I think the assumption there is that we because we trust each other's overall judgment, sort of just in the holistic sense. Then if somebody says like, okay. I have this half-formed thought. I feel like there's something in there, but I can't vocalize it mm-hmm. yet, right? And the other person's like, well, let's figure it out, right? And so then you just start like throwing dumb ideas out. And the other person's like, just like, let's keep going with it. Yeah. Because, well, there might be an actual good one. There might be a good one in there, yeah. you know? Yeah. Or about so, not focusing on the details, but trying to get to the core of the... Yes. Yeah, because so many actually, so many of our uh, of our sort of design wins have come from these complete idiot ideas. Oh, yeah. That eventually we kind of like chipped away the idiocy and found something good. Yeah, in. because with, <laughs> with all of them, had we had we gone with just the initial sort of setup of the idea or use any of the details that were originally provided, it still would have been a bad idea. Yeah. It was all yeah. about there's like there's something in there. You just got to mine it out. Yeah, so I think that's a good that's a good rule we got. I don't know if there's any, like other ones. Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> this is the problem with unwritten rules, you know, is that like we haven't written them down. Yeah. Also, we don't really like to follow rules. So there's, you know, there's other well, problems. That's, <laughs> that's why you don't write them down because yeah. then it's not like you're following rules at all. Yeah. Especially things that would be weird to other people. That's what I'm trying to figure out. I don't know. 
Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, got, we I got nothing. We we have ways of working that I think have been kind of hard to translate. Uh, in in general, or like mm-hmm. in, or hard to codify. Yeah. So there's a general sense that we have that like we're we're all just all in on the stuff that we're doing, mm-hmm. and so. Uh, if somebody is like, hey, I'm out for this weekend, like, don't talk to me. I'm gone or whatever. Then there's never any sort of like resentment about that mm-hmm. because you know that that person needs that. Right. Right. And that once they come back, they're just back and they're all in again. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of trust, I think. But I, I don't think that's weird. I think it's it's hard to find. Mm, yeah. But yeah. I think there's also one which is that uh, if a joke is made even if it's real dumb or bad, you have to at least sort of like, you have to, like, <laughs> you have to honor it, honor the attempt. That is true. That's one thing that- With a lowercase lol that, sort of situation, you know? One thing that never happens here is that somebody tries to make the other person feel bad for, oh, yeah. for, a, for attempting a joke. It's true. That or is for, expressly, implicitly forbidden. Yeah. So like this, this whole bullshit thing that people do where, where somebody makes a pun and then somebody else is like, oh, gross. Like mm-hmm. you made a pun. Like we, we do not fucking do that mm-hmm. at all. Uh, because why would you discourage somebody from thinking about creative wordplay? Yeah. Like that's yeah. fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, so we actually have a, we have a no, just like generally not discouraging uh, people from exploring jokes or thoughts mm-hmm. or ideas, uh, unless they're uh, offensive. But yeah, we, don't, we don't really make happening. those kinds of yeah. jokes, so that's not really a problem. Either. Stupid <laughs> puns and dad jokes, basically, sort of the, yeah. the rough area. Yeah, but I mean, even somebody just being like nice, you know, yep. uh, as a, as opposed to trying to make you feel bad because you thought of something funny, which is yeah. a total dick thing to do, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, but I, yeah, I would say making fun of people in general is a uh, is a thing we well, we, there's always a little moments where somebody does something like a little a little dumb, and we just and but it's not like a jab or anything. Mm-hmm. They're just like there might be a very brief moment where we all kind of chuggle together at the dumb thing that happened, mm-hmm. right? Um, but there's there's never <laughs> true, actually yeah there's, there's never, there's never any, taunting never mocking yeah none of that. Um, well even when the blunder is, is large in terms of like causing a problem for the studio there's not usually a well but we also recognize that like any one of us could be the next one to do that yeah we're all just know? mumbling <laughs> through so yeah you're just yeah, it's like why you know and and also we all you when, can't fix it once it's well i mean you can you can do damage control but you can't fix a thing that's already done right, right? yeah but it, yeah if somebody makes a huge mistake then it's more like all right let's figure this out you know let's let's figure out what we need to do to get this thing right. upright again as opposed to like hey this person already feels terrible for fucking this thing yep. up let's double down on that let's well, I think, let's spend a bunch of studio time but i think if i detected that you didn't feel terrible if you were like i just broke everything <laughs> hey <laughs> right. i'd be like let's pause for a moment and you need to sit with this or, like or, if you just, or if you really <laughs> yeah. should have known better in some in yeah. some way, you know, like it would have been so obvious and something. You know, and but because but again, everyone you in here, well, right, because, <laughs> because everyone's here is uh, is actually all in, and they think what we're doing is important. Then that's that kind of stuff just doesn't happen. I think yeah, it'd be the worst. The worst scenario would be it's like a like what our dad used to do if we did something dumb. He'd just say I'm really disappointed, and you're just yeah. like, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I ever got that from from anyone. You know, any of you guys here? I wonder. Like, oh God! Yeah, I wonder if this if this <laughs> attitude does kind of come from in, in our upbringing. We didn't have uh, like punishments and grounding grounded. in the yeah. same kind of way that a lot of other of our friends did. We did a little bit. We did a little bit, but it was largely more of conversational. It's like something bad would happen. Like one of us would make an idiot, you know, teenage mistake or something, mm-hmm. 
And then our parents would, so now we would just have a conversation about it, about like why that was fucked up or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and what the actual like real world implications are not like, well, now you can't have TV for a week yeah. or something like that. You, if you focus on the, how the thing that you did cause damage, then now you feel really bad about it, which is sufficient punishment. Yes. Especially because you can't fix most things that you've done. Yeah. yeah. So now you just have to live with the, because now you, what you've imparted on somebody is the knowledge of what they have done, you mm-hmm. know, like the deep knowledge, which they can never escape from now. That's just in them. Yeah. And, and it's, I feel like this, this also kind of helped us develop a better relationship with our parents in the sense that they weren't they weren't these like enemy punishing forces that were constantly taking things away from yeah. us and really actually think pretty much all of our friction points growing up were anytime our parents did try to do that that's true mm-hmm. well that's, i mean as, as with as with all kids right like yeah. like we we would have friends who would like oh yeah they stayed out for an extra 30 minutes and now they're grounded for two weeks and they mm-hmm. can't like use the phone or something like right. that yeah um and now they're just stuck at home and mad real and real fucking mad at their parents, <laughs> yeah. and now that is just two weeks of hell for just the whole Everybody, family. And yeah. the whole thing was arbitrary anyway. Yeah, um, and of and of course, yeah. I think it's it's weirdly harder in the short term to just sit down and and like calm yourself as a parent and have like a really hmm. uh, like because because you made this person and you taught them and you're kind of mad that that. They you fucked it up enough like to that do you, that. that yeah. You fucked yeah. it up and that they kind of betrayed you in a right. way by you know not doing things right. And so you have to get your emotions in check and then just have a conversation with this kid and try to explain to them some adult thing about like how their actions affect people mm-hmm. and stuff. It's easier to just be like, you know, get the fuck to your room and <laughs> I'm taking your TV away. No, it gets just, really hard if you have uh, arbitrary rules, which I think that also certainly happens. all everybody's mm-hmm. friend, every friend I've ever had who's, you know, when we were all young enough that our parents governed our lives uh, had a lot of fucking weird arbitrary rules. Yeah. Because those and they ones always you can't end- sit down and explain because they because they're they're arbitrary. They don't make any right, sense, right. and they they could be. I think those are the ones that also that cause the most uh, just sort of parent child damage, as well as they they actually generate bad behavior by children because they're always fighting against the rule arbitrary rules because mm-hmm. they don't. They're like, why though? You know, and it and it always ends in because I said so. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. that's because <laughs> that's, that's the best rationale. Yeah, you can if get. that's the best you got as a parent, did our parents pull it on us? I think a few times probably. It, I mean, every I think every parent exasperated. Will. Yeah, like, like wow. at a certain point, you're like, just quit being a kid. Just quit asking me so many fucking questions all the time. Just, I got things. I'm an adult. I got things to do. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. It's it's real. I think it's also really easy to to like criticize parents when you aren't one. Because no, this isn't even about criticism. I'm just saying there's a thing that happens, and I get it. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, I get it, and it's gonna happen no matter how good of a parent. Mm-hmm. Maybe you are. try to minimize it. Try to minimize, try to minimize it minimize because. <laughs> Because those are still like the the things that I remember from like from causing real like strife between me and and either of our parents were were those kinds of moments where they were like they wouldn't bend on something that I couldn't understand why they wouldn't bend <laughs> right. on right? right and it never the outcome was never me being like okay I'll just accept this right yeah because nobody does that no nobody does that <laughs> people like the I, outcome I've been, was I've always been commanded to change my some aspect of my life for reasons I don't understand for reasons or don't fundamentally understand. disagree with yeah. And, and I'm just I'm cool. That's cool fine. as a cucumber. Yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> this is gonna this is gonna work out great, you know. Um, yeah, that was just never the case. Yeah, and, and this I think this is also maybe part of the trans. We're kind of on a tangent here, but whatever. Uh, I think this, well, this this podcast could be subtitled the tangent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tangents with some game devs. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think a part of that too comes from when you're really young. Every rule is arbitrary because you understand nothing. Yeah. Right. So like. 
your parents would be like, you know, oh yeah, you're going to bed at, at 7 p.m. And you're like, why? And they're like, just shut up. Like, you don't even know mm-hmm. what a clock is. <laughs> yeah. We're way, but, we're but way too for that far is gone. Because the parents need to sleep, you know? Yeah. It's the parents need to sleep. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, you know, kids don't want to brush their teeth, you know? And it's like, well, your your teeth are literally going to rot out of your head. Yeah. But these are all things you can you can still tell people. But while then just saying, like, but you have to do this. Here's the reason. You just have to do it, right? Yeah. Um, but but then, of course, as as kids get older, they get more independence. Um, if the parenting style remains in that in that mode, then I feel like you just get a lot of friction. Right. Well, you have to take more time explaining stuff. Right. Yeah. Which I totally agree, but get very annoying at some point. <laughs> like, <laughs> just shut up. Just shut up and do what I tell yeah. you to do. Yeah. There's, so, there's good reasons, but I, I'm not I'm yeah. not at a place right now to talk about right. it. You know? I, I get it. Yeah. And. But yeah. but it's not going to work ever. That's all, that's all yeah. I have to say. So, so kind of looping that back in. So I think you know a lot of the way that we interact with each other is sort of uh, founded in this uh, upbringing that we had, where most things that happened uh, were conversational. You know, that's true. Yeah. Good or bad, we would sit down and we would just talk about it and mm-hmm. and sort of figure it out. Um, and there's a, there's a level of trust there where it's not antagonistic. It's more like, you know, you're there as a team and there's this third thing, which is a problem. And then you're, you're talking it through it to figure yeah. that thing out. Right. So that's just, that's just what, uh, just part of our culture. Yeah. We've also managed to develop a system where we don't have any arbitrary rules because we've talked about literally everything that we do. At least. Yeah. If they, if they were arbitrary at some point, we've all talked about or we, why maybe they're not or like yeah. what. Or we scrapped them. Yeah. Well, because you even think about like the normal nine to five or eight mm-hmm. to four or whatever work day, right? Uh, which is another just like on the face of it. If you just if you start a company, you're like, cool, I got a company now. I'm going to work nine to five, mm-hmm. right? Or I'm going to hire people. They're going to work nine to five. Uh, that is now arbitrary because you have not thought about why you're doing that. Right. Um, and we've had many, many very long discussions, and some of them have happened on the podcast mm-hmm. about even just work hours. Yeah. Because at base they're arbitrary, mm-hmm. and so you have to have reasons for what you're doing. And as soon as you do. It's, it's not the case anymore that I wake up and I'm like, oh, like, oh, I have to, I have to, I have to go to work <laughs> so early and whatever. Yeah. It's like, no, because I know exactly why that right. I want to be in work by 830 or whatever, right? You've thought about it. I've thought You've about got it. We've all agreed on it. Mm-hmm. And so now we can, now we can enforce that with each other just with mutual trust because now we all know that we're all on the same page and count and are counting on each other right. to behave. But then, there, but then this is, this is where I think um, when it comes to like bringing other people into the fold where this, I think it's hard because you need to then like also convince yeah you know because anytime you join a new job mm-hmm. every rule is arbitrary because you have no context as to why anything is happening and based on your experience they probably are arbitrary like oh yeah 100 because because i think managers bosses like anybody who has to make decisions for other people at a certain point they're just going to end up into that because I said so leave me the fuck alone so I can <laughs> yeah. get my shit yeah. done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's really the same. Yeah, it's, it's all the same. And so I think that's another interesting thing. Well, we struggled that, with that a lot when we hired people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's sort of like codif- co- trying to codify the, the way that we do things and then explaining that and figuring out like, is there a good reason why we do this? Mm-hmm. Or yeah, are we just And it's not that because yeah, we'll try to also like move – Move the framing around. Well, you have to be here at eight thirty because that's when we start work. And to one where, well, that's just the system that is the best, and so we need you to do that. But it's not because you have to, right? There's like right. if that there's this there's this. And we don't have the language for it, but there's yeah. this sort of difference in approach that you can't. And that and that was something that we that we failed at was actually trying to 
trying to convey that difference, that conceptual difference with, uh, with people. Yeah. And even something like work hours is weird because they only work because everybody's showing up. Yeah. Like if, if people were showing and we have worked in places where people just showed up arbitrarily uh, Mm -hmm. on their own schedule and stuff. What you would have then is like a two hour window in the middle of the day where you can count on it about half the people being there. And then at any other time in the day, it's maybe like 5%, Mm -hmm. right? And so that means any kind of collaboration or any kind of, um, you know, group work can't really happen in a dependable way. And so if you get like an eight to five or or whatever is your work hours, uh, they're arbitrary on their own. Like, why does it have to be eight to five? Why can't it be 10 to seven? Or Most of these things only make sense in the cultural context. And it makes sense because everybody is coming at that time. Well, and because it creates a situation where now everybody knows that everybody else is putting in at least 40 hours a week, right? Right. So it helps to remove a sense of unfairness where you feel like somebody isn't working as hard as you or as much as you or whatever. Yeah. Because now you can see everybody. And you see how little they're working. And you see how little they're working. <laughs> and they're there. And then yeah. you can build they're up. They're there the same time you're there. Yeah. Right? And then in real time, you can become mad at them instead mm-hmm. of, yeah. you know, from home. Yeah. For more specific reasons. Yeah. Not, not <laughs> ones that are maybe less manufactured. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. Well, I think we have time for just a couple or one more question, but we have like a series of questions all about, uh, videos and they've hmm. been kind of, they've been kind of lingering. About I'm just going to videos. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm just going to read through all of them and then we'll quickly just like just punch them all in the, in okay. the mouth. Let's go. Okay. Not the question askers. Punch them in the pie hole. All right. Uh, Kula Bula asks, I don't have a heist team to break into the $550 GDC vault. Is there any chance you can <laughs> post your speeches on the blog? Uh, next question comes from audio Neptune 32. Will we ever get a sixth episode of B Scotch university? Cause you guys really got me into game development. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Peanut Enut asks, when is the next B Scotch university video coming out? Can you do one on infinite world generation? Like you have in Roid rage or even Crashlands? Thanks. Menelus asks, where's that Perlin noise endless world <laughs> dev tutorial I've been waiting for? It's been like three years at this point. What do you yeah. mean you fixed Crashlands for iPhone X released in China and you're developing a new game? Okay, fine. I'll keep waiting. <laughs> and last, uh, Tim Conceivable asks, Seth, I've really enjoyed the Game Maker tutorials you've been doing. However, there's already tons of beginner level tutorials out there. Have you considered doing any more advanced Game Maker tutorials? Mm. All right. So, uh, so we got like three questions one is endless world thing uh i already did that on stream now so that's on twitch but, but can people watch it probably not so if you missed it it's just <laughs> your problem. I, don't think, I don't think this solves the problem so exactly. as far as and as far as putting our talks online there are some talks that we that i we have not put the script online for specifically the business related talks because there's certain tidbits in there they're also we didn't have them be put up on the vault it's like most of our business talks that were done at gdc are not actually on the vault which is pretty common because oftentimes they contain bits of information where you're like, I want people to know this, but I want people. To- I don't want people to know that I told you. <laughs> <Yes>. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so those are semi weird secret. Yeah, like, this information should be out there, but I don't want it to trace back to me. Well, like- it's actually it's just, it's better <laughs> if people hear it sort of secondhand. Yes. You know? So if they see a screenshot of, of the thing that you did, like it's kind of hard to, to walk away from that. Mm-hmm. Right. But if some if so, if somebody comes to you and they're like, oh, I, I was talking to this other person. They said they went to a talk of yours, and and you said X, you'd be like, well, I mean, that's that's approximate, mm-hmm. you know. I don't know what you're talking. You're about. Like, I didn't <laughs> say that. I don't yeah. recall anything. <laughs> that was under NDA. I, don't, I didn't say anything about it. Yeah. Nope. So there's a few of those, but I think as far as the the university videos or just the general making of videos goes, um, there's two interesting things here. So one, so I've been taking these this online art class, right? And and before this, what I did primarily to do to sort of further my 
art education was I would just sort of peruse YouTube, find people who seemed like they knew how to teach basically, and then follow a few of their instructional videos about like, oh, here's how you do faces or here's this or that kind of thing. And this really interesting thing, this really interesting difference has come up in terms of of the overall quality of the instruction between these classes that are, it's just like, in this case, it's this eight-week course. Um, each week is like three videos on perspective, for example. And then there's an hour-long Q&A with someone live who then shows you other cool things and, and important pieces you need to know to sort of fill the gaps. And what I realized is that a lot of those YouTube videos, because they're just they're self-contained and usually single topic, yeah, uh, where it's like, oh, here's Perlin Noise, for example. Um, the broader context in which you can apply that thing, you can't – basically, you get the tool to be able to, for example, do Perlin Noise, but then you don't actually get any of the other tools necessary to really like – integrate it into a game or to think about what does this mean for your game's design overall because there's no yeah because just knowing just knowing that but without also integrating it into a project and doing stuff with it means maybe you don't really know it yeah so so what i've experienced then is that the the education that i got from doing youtube tutorials was very uh like narrowly scooped if that makes sense it's like you're seeing you just get like the one piece and that's it and you don't get it done modularly for things that don't work modularly. Correct. Because nothing, none of these things work modularly, yeah. especially when you, once you start going these in the creative fields in particular. Yeah, you can't just, you can't drop in a concept and be like, cool, like no, I've added this concept to my right. art piece. And so, so it's been really interesting sort of looking at how this both works because of course it's a good entry point because you can get in and be like, oh, how do you draw like noses or something? And then there's like a billion people being like, here's how you draw noses. But then the question is, how does this nose go on the face? Like how? Yeah. How do you? Now I can draw a stick person face with a super photorealistic yes. nose. <laughs> and, then like, <laughs> and then just one of the basic questions, which is how do I how do I put the nose in the right spot? Yeah. Which well, is a extremely non trivial fucking thing to do, right? Yes. And, and like, I was I was also fascinated by this thing you talked about that same face problem. Yes. Where like people yeah. lear- people learn how to draw a face, but only that face. Yes. But it's particularly when I, when I was uh, in. In Europe this summer with my mm. wife, we're going to some art museums and stuff. I sent Sam a few a few, a few yeah. pictures of some because we're looking at like fifteen hundreds Dutch art or something. I don't know, but it's like it's like by these various masters and mm-hmm. whatever. And I was looking at them, and they all had same face. Yeah, every fucking person faces like, are harder within than a shit painting. To draw. Just the same. <laughs> and it was just hilarious. You see like a baby yeah. and an old man yeah, and a woman the standing face. there, and they all have the same face. It's hilarious. <laughs> Which, yeah. to be fair, babies and old men do kind of have the same face. Yeah, but not the same face as middle-aged people. You know? That's true. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so if it was only babies and old people, it all would have made perfect sense. You'd be like, yeah. well, they're both, you know, they both kind of got the same thing going on. Yeah. <laughs> so I think this, there's been this interesting – so like now when I – I still look at YouTube videos if I'm trying to sort of like fill a particular question gap in whatever the coursework is for the week. Um, but what's been really interesting about it is just recognizing the extent to which you get you get like this really salient piece of information about how to do a particular thing. Uh, but then the overall context for it, you are not basically able to bounce off of someone to get like a this expertise and these active questions and answering sort of thing. I think this is why Seth's uh, tutorial, the live tutorial of actually making a game and then making the things in the context right. of the game is really useful. Unfortunately, um, as you're saying, it was ephemeral and doesn't exist. And so nobody actually gets to it. Isn't it recorded on it. Twitch or do they not? I have, it, I have it moved over to YouTube or at least some of the episodes. But yeah, Twitch pulls them down after four weeks or something like that. Mm. Um, unless you're a partner mm-hmm. or something, which, oh, yeah. which we hit, we checked all the boxes to become a partner, except for the one where you have to like put out seven videos in a month or, something. A month or yeah. something like that. And I was doing every Saturday, um, which if I had just done like two hours on Saturday, two hours on Sunday, then, you know, mm-hmm. it would have been fine. 
but it doesn't count if you do like two hours Saturday and then two hours later on Saturday. Like you got to ah. you got to spread it out. It's 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 on unique days. Gotcha. So uh, so I wasn't really willing to alter my schedule that much. Yeah. Well, so I, I think the only, the only way I would I would think about doing more of these because I've, I've sort of found this with the Inkscape videos too. Is that I'm like yeah, I'm able to just dive in there and be like, here's how you here's how I made this thing. But the reality is like all of the context necessary to to take that and then you know maybe apply it to something else um, is just not it's just not present in those videos. Yeah, right. They're they're like a little they're like getting your pinky toe in the door and that's about it. Um, so I think the the only way we would do this is if we actually did like a a legit series that was designed top to bottom, like our, our basically our course that we put together um, in game dev. I was I was actually kind of thinking about that the other day about because we you know we taught we taught a course at Washington University. Mm-hmm. Um, we got great feedback from students there about it was it was interesting because it was part of the comp sci department, um, and you do need to program to make a game, but we didn't teach programming. We taught uh, sort of like the sequence of, of putting the game projects together. We taught about game design um, and about sort of how to put constraints on your games and kind of a lot of the just like little nuggets of wisdom that we've picked up from doing a lot of game jams right. and things like that. And so we focused it around that and we didn't really make it very technical, um, but the feedback was really good. And I was thinking, what would that look like to just blow the lid off of that and do like an eight week online course yeah it'd be super cool it'd be pretty cool it'd be awesome but i think don't know how to orchestrate a, it well it's, or, a, it's actually just a time problem which yeah. is that they, we know for a fact that that is not going to be as high leverage as for example anything anything else yeah. we do. <laughs> um and so it's one of those things where maybe like if if level head goes really well and we just need to just do we got we got some downtime to <laughs> then we recuperate yeah but i think if a runway looks infinite yeah because yeah. that, that's basically where, where the rub has always been for me with putting these things together it's like they take actually a even the, the time lapse videos, which seem like it shouldn't take any time because it's like you just take this thing that you did. It just, you just lapse it. Then. You just lapse it. But the reality is like getting it in, lapsing it, and then doing a voice recording, fixing the audio on that, and then getting it all up. Like it's a couple hour thing. And in that same time window, I could write art the ballyhoo or I could – Yeah. yeah, I could so, I guess, yeah so I guess the real question is you know, for all these, for all these things that people are asking for – we should we should send a question back, which is what do you want us to do less of? Because <laughs> <Right? laughs> yeah, right. uh, what what of the things that we're doing do you want us to not be doing? Because we got to pick something. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, it, we would need to stop working on level head. Yeah, I mean, and Adam's talked about to... putting together web tutorials as well for the yeah. same reason. But at the same time, like we have so much shit to build on yep. the tooling or the web dev side that it's just yeah my my list of things to do only gets longer. Yeah, does not get shorter. Yeah. And there's an interesting problem too, which is like, let's say we just totally blew the lid off this thing and, and like brought in 30 people into the studio. And now we've got like these armies of people doing all this development mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, so now we can make games and we would have time to make tutorials and shit, except now we would be running a company instead of making games yeah. and we would lose touch with what we, we would be able to even, make those tutorials. Anymore. Yeah. We would lose touch with what we even need to teach. This is why it's so hard to find really good information about how to do things. Or yeah. good teachers. Or good teachers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the people in the best posi- in the best knowledge position to teach something are too you fucking have the busy. time for your <laughs> shit. Yeah. yeah, that's a bit of a that's one way to end a podcast. So <laughs> yeah. uh, that's all the time we have for this week. We'd like to thank our producer Fat Bard for making us sound good. Thanks to our community moderators to keep our Discord running. If you'd like to get more involved in the Butterscotch community, you can hop into our Discord server at discord.gg/bscotch and come say hello. Uh, this is the last time that you can join the discord server before the switch launch 
mm-hmm. which is going to bring at least 15 new people. You better watch. It's going to be e- a, easily. It's easily. Gonna be a small flood. It's going to be a tr- trickle. trickle. A tr- <laughs> small <Yeah>. flood. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I, we're have, have I have s- updated juice box, so he's no longer upset if you mention the switch mm-hmm. or if you mention Crashlands multiplayer. Can you ask him to do his things. moves? To do his moves? Yeah, because he's got four moves now. What would that mean? And I don't know. He'd be like, juice box harvests sawgrass. He'd be like, just, he would just give you some sawgrass. <laughs> <He'd be> like, <laughs> you, got, yeah, you got three sawgrass leaves. I mean, we could like I could give everybody an inventory. In the server, yes, and then, but then people are just going to be fucking spamming it constantly. True. Oh yeah, we can make a uh, we can make a Crashlands text based MMO in a uh, in <laughs> <Yeah>. Discord. <laughs> so actually, that could actually, be our that could be our online multiplayer for Crashlands. Like, yeah, we have a Discord. <laughs> we have a text based multi user dungeon <laughs> version yeah. of Crashlands. Oh yeah, wild wampet attacks, and then everybody can you know send send their juice box after it, right. and then start attack attack roll d twenty. Because I mean, because that could actually work. Because he could he could just spawn a channel. Mm-hmm. Some juice box kid, right? So he spawns a channel in Discord that he's in control of. Then he could, like, users could all They're try to like, get into it, but he would only let in, like, the first X users, right? So mm-hmm. now, now you've got your dungeon, right? That's started. Everybody else can observe. Like, starts <laughs> the dungeon, right? Yeah. And then and then basically events start happening. Everybody everybody basically rolls to see what is, the outcome is going to be. juice box can already roll dice. Because he can roll dice. That's so. fine. <laughs> and, 90% uh, of the way there. Yeah, we have, all could. the work is done, basically. Also, this is another one of those things that I would love to do, but I got other stuff. Also, do. can't Juicebox uh, when you type something? Can't Juicebox take your message, receive it, delete your message, and then send you a message back that only you can see? Uh, I haven't figured out how to do a DM. Not a, not a DM, but like he can post. Like if you reports, if you do like a at one of the devs or something like that, then Juicebox deletes your message. Yeah, he deletes it, but he doesn't. There's no way for him to like send only you a message or something. Okay. Um, so, so there's one robot Clyde, which comes with discord who is able to send you things that nobody else can see. Right. And I have seen some service people are able to have their, their bots actually handle DMS somehow. Hmm. Um, but it looks like it's because if the permissions are set up so that anybody can DM anybody in the server, hmm. which I'm not a fan of, cause Agreed. I don't want anybody DMing me. Uh, I think so, we already have that though, but maybe well, you, well, you can set your own <laughs> options. So it actually yeah. might be thing that might even be possible. I just can't test it cause I don't let people DM me or something <laughs> like that. Oh yeah, uh, that's probably true. So yeah. that is that is possible. I need, I need to dig into that more. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so we don't have that. We don't have a text based multi user dungeon in Discord. But you know, someday, uh, if we get fifty to hundred thousand people in there, then we'll think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so so get in there. If you get in, in there, increase the probability that I spend dim- increase the probability that. that we think about it, and yeah. then also and then don't do it. Mm-hmm. Also, go pre purchase uh, Switch for, or Nintendo for the Switch, not Nintendo or <laughs> game for the go Nintendo get Switch. One of those Game Boys get, on your phone. Get crash heads. <laughs> get, get just pre pre purchase. Break a controller in half, uh-huh. and then you basically have a Switch at home. Yep. Saw your Xbox controller in half. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Actually, get crash heads on your Nintendo iPad Xbox. Yep. Yep. Uh, and that's, I'm pretty sure we're well within their marketing <laughs> guidelines for, yeah. for calling it an iPad Xbox. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. <laughs> uh, also, if you'd like to adorn your body with butterscotch merch, you can check out our shop over at shop.bscotch.net. If you'd like to send us something, we do have a mailbox, which you can find the address for over at mailbox.bscotch.net. And last but not least, if you'd like to buy us a cup of coffee, help us keep our mics on, keep our, uh, lights corn fed corn fed mm-hmm. you can go over to moneygrab.bscotch.net thank you all for listening and we'll see you next week Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.